of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shatterick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Johnny Maffey. How are, Johnny, how many days we got left? Owen, we have 87 days left until Futures League opening day. And for those counting at home, keeping score in their books, that is just over 2,000 hours. Does that make sense? Didn't make sense when I saw it. I thought no, it would be more. That, I don't know. That sounds like inaccurate. Well, it doesn't. It's probably the correct math, but it sounds inaccurate. I don't know. This is a website. I keep using. You know, we'll give them a shout out. Timeanddate.com. Shout out to timeanddate.com. So shout out to them. No free ads. Shout out to them. Um, no, thanks for everyone for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. Today, we had a couple Wheaton guys on that. Uh, you know, I, I go to Emerson, they're in, they're in conference last year. They uh, they gave us a pretty good run for our money last year, but these guys have been tearing it up for the FCBL the last couple summers. Yeah, Griffin Young from the Nashua Silver Knights and Jake Studley from the Brockton Rocks were kind enough to join us for this episode. And it was great to talk to them not only about Wheaton, as you said, but about their FCBL experience and their experience as division guys in the Futures League. Yeah, absolutely. And Wheaton obviously made it down to, or excuse me, out to Cedar Rapids, Iowa last year for the D3 College World Series. So we, you know, we talked to them about that, about winning the NUMAC last year. And, you know, two weeks after our little uh, D1 opening day special, this is kind of a, you know, D3 opening day special, um, not official, but everyone's getting underway. It's fun to watch. It's just fun to, you know, tune in at like 3 p.m. doing homework. And it's like, oh, I can throw a stream on whether it's you know, Vandy or, or any team on ESPN plus or whatever. It's uh, it's fun to college baseball is getting in the swing of things. Yeah. It's great to see college baseball and all of our guys back in the swing of things, not locked out. Hashtag not locked out is college baseball. And yeah, that's all I got you. Yes, I do have one other thing. Uh, so obviously, thanks to Jill Gearin last week for fitness. And that was a fun episode. This was fun too. looking forward to you guys for listening to this. These guys are in season. I'm in season. You're you're in season. We are uh, we're busy. We thank them. We had an early morning interview for this one before they had a full day of practice and class, of course, class, right? <laughs> uh, we don't need to deal with that in the summer. We just, oh, you have a night game. No, we know you're around and then they kind of have to say yes, but no, these guys, these guys fit it into their schedule. So we appreciate that. And uh, hopefully we don't have any more bumps in the road with these early mornings. Yeah, we do appreciate those guys waking up with us. And this is a great interview. We can't wait for you to hear. We're going to get you to that interview. So here is Jake Studley and Griffin Young. Let's roll. We are honored to welcome our next two guests here on Back to the Futures who have represented the FCBL well over the last few years in Nashua and Brockton. And I've also torn it up with the Wheaton Lions. It's Jake Studley and Griffin Young. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, guys. So you guys are college teammates. You, like Owen said, have had uh, lengthy FCBL careers. Can you keep track of how many times you've faced each other, whether it's fall ball in your squads or uh, – with the rocks and silver knights i think i lost track about three years ago <laughs> yeah i'd probably say it's closer to uh probably closer to 100 at bats i guess Somewhere that's a good amount there. of that's like a full last summer yeah, yeah. i mean last year we were in a squad and probably three times a week so adding up those at bats plus the summer ball and then every fall so it's been definitely a lot who has the upper hand? I'd say it's probably pretty even, wouldn't you say, Chris? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, if we're going off of like a 300 average, I think Suds might have it, but. <laughs> I remember last year we went, uh, when we were in Nashua on that rainy day, it was, I think I hit a double and then he caved me the next at bat, so. Yeah, which rainy day? They were all rainy. And then what about other guys like Stephen Quigley and Zach DiMatteo? Because Wheaton's always well represented in the Futures League set last summer. What's it like playing against those guys? And do you ever wish that there was just the Wheaton super team in the Futures League? I think that's something we actually joked about last year because I think we at one point we ended up having like nine guys. So I was like, oh, my God, we could have filled our own team in this league. I mean, always try and compete against everyone. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, we are represented well every summer. Coach uh, Coach Pavelski does a really good job getting us in that league in the futures. Um, but yeah, competing against them every day was was definitely different. Yeah, and then you guys individually before the season even started last season tore it up. Jake, you batted four thirty on the year. You had five home runs, twenty five RBIs, had a slugging percentage of seven thirty seven. And then Griffin, you had 62 strikeouts and in 60 innings. You had a 2-1-8 ERA. Both of you were named to the new Mac All First Team and the D3 Baseball Second Team. What was it like to have such great individual seasons amongst the team's unbelievable season? I think that it was more just like I don't think that that necessarily factored into the season. I think. I mean, we went to the World Series last year, and I think that was really what we took away from the season. As like, it was just a great experience, and it was really fun. Obviously, you want to succeed on top of it. Like, it's succeeding is fun. You like winning, but like, I think the team aspect outshined our individual performances last year. Yeah, and something that uh, that coach always talks about is just like, if we do well as a team, you're gonna see more people in our program do well like last year I think we had five guys named to the New England uh D3 thing so five or six guys so obviously when the team does well more people on the team are stepping up so so definitely see that yeah and we saw like guys outside of Wheaton in the futures like Luke Broadhurst or whoever named to that D3 team as well you know the Wheaton super team could have worked last year but uh you guys were late to the party last summer after being in Cedar Rapids. Uh, you beat Emerson in a nail baiter on opening day. That was a really good game. I forget who pitched. Uh, first two, it was a weird schedule, 14 game, like football style. Um, but I guess the question is, when did you know that 2020, excuse me, 2021 uh, Wheaton team was special? Oh, God. Um, I'd probably say... Honestly, probably the WPI series. I think we had two walk-off wins um, in two, like, nail-biting games. And then another one that really sticks out was uh, when we lost game one to Babson and then came back, took two from them to win the new Mac. Uh, those definitely stick out. And then just one more. I mean, the Oswego game in the regional, pouring rain. We were down by four going into the eighth and then came back and walked it off in the ninth. Those three definitely stick out to me. Yeah, and you had the big four-gamer against Babson in the middle of the season, which was crucial, too. I think you guys split. It was uh, two and two each. When you can only play 10 games, how how good did it feel to just know, like, I don't know, you guys you guys were in it to win it because you, you showed up when it counted in a short season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Babson is a very competitive team. So... 
when there's only 10 games, like every loss counts as a lot because every game is worth like four times as much as it used to be. So being able to hang in there and at least take two from Babson was huge to keep us like level, not make sure we didn't fall behind. Yeah, definitely. And then, so you, you made it to Cedar Rapids. You, um, you won a couple, you won a game and then you, um, you took the champs, the Salisbury, you, you lost 11 to nine to them. What was that game like? And what was it like in Cedar Rapids overall? Either one of you can start. Uh, I can start that game. The one, uh, the one against Salisbury was definitely crazy roller coaster of emotions. I mean, I think we went up three nothing in the first, or three one in the first, something like that, and then they just swung it. I mean, that team was probably one of the better hitting teams I've seen in Division Three baseball. I mean, we hung in there. I think we had like fourteen or fifteen hits, and I think they finished with like seventeen. Uh, we swung it with them. I think they just kind of got they just got hot at that at that last moment, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so they they were an unbelievable hitting team. That I mean, I didn't pitch that game, and I'm somewhat thankful for that. But that that overall, the experience in Iowa was unbelievable. Just having like going out to a different atmosphere where the only attention was on baseball. It was like a lot of fun to just get out there for a, a week or however long we were there. Yeah, late May, no class. It's finally warm. You know, mm-hmm. unlike unlike what you're gonna be doing. You're playing a few games in Northboro before you head down to Auburndale. Plenty of D3 guys up here know the Lake Myrtle Complex, know everything. We were just talking about it before the show. Uh, headed down to Central Florida for spring break. Just a routine for you guys at this point? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Uh, with the, we, didn't be, we weren't able to go last year, obviously, and the year before was, we were down there when, uh, when COVID struck. So. so it's definitely been a while since we've been down there, but it's probably one of our more fun and definitely more competitive times of the year. So it's definitely a big trip for us. Yeah, definitely. It gets going right away. A bunch of important games right off the bat. Um, it really tests the team well and sets you up for the whole season, which is, I mean, it can be good. It can be bad. But besides baseball, Griffin, what do you think like your favorite part is? Because, you know, if you're a starter, you're not, then you're, if you start game one in Florida, you're, you're sitting for a few days, you're sitting by the pool and stuff. What do you like about it? I mean, I think it's the fact that almost like Iowa, we don't have class for a week and our only attention is baseball. So we're all living together in these condos and our entire day revolves around a baseball game. I think that's a pretty good life. Yeah, that's that's the life. That's (laughs) not having class for a week and sitting in Florida. That's something else. Mm -hmm. Before we return to Jake Studley and Griffin Young, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to Jake Studley and Griffin Young. 
And transitioning here to the FCBL a little bit, Jake, we'll start with you. You've been in Brockton for the last few summers. What has it been like to play for the Rocks? It's been awesome. I mean, with the COVID year, it was definitely a little different than last year um, with a bunch of guys coming in. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely a fun experience. I love playing there um, with Andy Terrio. He was the coach uh, with the COVID summer. And then last year with Garza and Jack Aaron, it was definitely good. They taught me a lot of stuff, and uh, it was a fun summer overall. Didn't end the way we wanted it to, but – it was still fun. Yeah, and then Griffin, on the other end, you've been in Nashua for the past, I believe it's three years. And in 2020, you were an FCBL champion. We got to talk about that for a little bit. What was that season like? And what was it like being such a key part of that title? That season was just fun. That was some, I think that might be the most fun summer ball season I ever had, just because we weren't even the best team, I wouldn't say. But it was just we all showed up to the park and wanted to be there and just wanted to have a good time. And I think you could see that in the way that we played and that we all just were having a good time playing baseball. And I think that a lot of us play our best baseball. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, you know, that was, that was an awesome summer to follow. I wasn't even working yet. And I was just, I was tagging along because it was just great to see baseball when nobody else was playing. So like we said earlier, you two are a couple D3 guys, but there are plenty of D1, D2 guys, you know, a bunch of studs throughout the league um jake you're headed to uconn after wheaton how do you think the futures league prepared you for that because you know you obviously face babs and another great teams throughout new england and in the new mac but then you literally face you know these these d1 prospects these power five schools or if you can call it that for baseball uh how do you think that got you ready for uh for what your next step is going to be yeah i mean uh it's definitely the pitching is definitely a little different than probably division three uh, with the velo and just being able to mix in maybe three or four pitches. But um, playing against those guys, it definitely like kind of elevates your little, like boosts you, boosts you a little bit and gets definitely uh, succeeding in that league definitely uh, boosts my, um, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for. Boosts my- uh, Confidence? Yeah, confidence, <laughs> boosts my confidence definitely a little bit. Um, so that's good. Thanks, Griff. <laughs> and then a quick follow-up, Jake, on that note. How did you end up getting to UConn? What was the process like getting recruited there? Um, so after the COVID year, we definitely got a year back, uh, and maybe two, I think. So I just kind of entered the transfer. Oh, I talked to Coach Podolsky, um, entered the transfer portal, and then UConn was one of the first schools that reached out to me, and they kind of jumped on me quick. Um, had me over for a visit and I, it, that place is, unbe is unbelievable over there. I mean, it's everything like a baseball kid wants. Um, so when they offered me, it was just kind of, I couldn't turn it down. So I'm really excited for it, but I definitely have, uh, definitely have a long time till then. So we still got a lot of things to do here. So. Yeah, definitely big season ahead, big full season, finally, after what first time in three years. Um, speaking of full season, we're recording this a week before it drops. So, this weekend was jam-packed with a bunch of college baseball on, you know, ESPN, ESPN Plus, whatever the streaming services. Do you guys get to watch any this weekend uh, around your practice times? Oh, yeah. I mean, from the Futures League, we got friends that are scattered all over the place at a bunch of different schools. So uh, we'll all periodically check in and, like, see how all our friends are doing in these games that are still that are on right now. Yeah, I was, uh, I was tuned into uh, UConn all weekend and then, 
Yesterday, I watched Duran pitch at Long Beach State against Mississippi State. That was a good one. Um, and then I was I was watching the uh, – I think Cortland and Salisbury played two this weekend, one and two teams in D3, so I was tuned into those for a little bit. Yeah, it was cool. It would be like – one of my friends signed into ESPN+. Plus. I don't even have it, but I was just scrolling through on TV. I was like, oh, Georgetown, like – they have some Vermont guys. Like it, it was just, it was really cool seeing the Futures League guys spread throughout. And then, yeah, Long Beach State, Javier Rosales from Pittsfield and uh, Jerron Watts Brown, your teammate in Brockton, they uh, they definitely gave Mississippi State, you know, a great run for their yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good to have baseball back for sure. Before we get back to Griffin Young and Jake Studley, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Bat Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Bat Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continuing to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the Major Leagues. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian Bats, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. To find out more information about Zorian, go to ZorianBats.com. That's Z-O-R-I-A-N Bats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. We now return to Jake Studley and Griffin Young. And one last question before we get to our final segment. This is for the both of you and any of you can start. What is the biggest benefit you think of playing in the FCBL during the summer? I think it's just the level of competition you face. I'm not saying that D3 is not competitive, but I think that the level of guys that you can see there are next level. And I think that that really sets you up good for when you're coming to school or just showcasing your talent. I think that when you're playing against the best, you'll do your best. Yeah, definitely. The competition is probably a little bit better, but I mean, it, D3 is obviously competitive, like Griff said, but um, just the competition definitely, like, elevates you a little bit coming into the season and stuff, seeing higher velos for hitters and pitching for Griff, like, definitely seeing better batters and stuff like that definitely allows him to get the best out of himself and see what he needs to work on and stuff like that. So I think that definitely helps. Yeah, two great answers right there. And we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. Gentlemen, we got a few more questions to ask you before we sign off here. that okay? Perfect. All right, let's roll. First off, this is for the both of you, and this is going to be the toughest one of them all. Who is your favorite teammate in the FCBL? Oh, God. Mine might be a little. Mine might go against uh, some wheat and some wheat and baseball. Uh, probably, probably one of my best buddies was probably Tommy Lablin at Babson. I'm gonna go with Nick Guarino or Pat Harrington. I'm not choosing between them, but one of those two. Yeah, I was telling Johnny before the show, he was like, oh, yeah, wasn't it like it was Garino who was doing well in 2020, right? I was like, yeah, it was Garino and Harrington. And he was like, no way. And so, yeah, that was a solid rotation there in Nashua for sure. Oh, yeah. And then for um, and then how about favorite FCBL field that either of you, you know, played at, pitched at? 
I think I gotta go Vermont. The crowd there is is fun. That's definitely a fun place to play, and it's a really nice field. Yeah, I'm gonna back him up. I'm gonna say Vermont too. Yeah, it's always a treat going up to Centennial. Uh, what about favorite field you've played at outside the league? Just overall uh, memory or good game or whatever. Would it be a cop-out answer to say the World Series field? <laughs> not at all. all. Right, I'm going to go with that one. No, definitely that one in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> and what about, uh, Jake, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Griffin. A favorite all-time baseball memory? Probably winning the new Mac last year. That was that was one of the, probably the best times I've had playing baseball, definitely. <laughs> I'm going to go the Oswego walk-off last year in the regional. There's just too many memories from that, that game from that that I won't forget. Yeah, and then one last question here before we sign off. Do you guys have any advice to Division three guys who are thinking about or headed to the Futures League next year about how to, you know, how to prepare, how to, how to play, anything else? I would just say have fun. It's been proven year after year that the – D3 guys that are offered a chance can compete in this league. So just don't be intimidated and trust what you can do and have fun. Yeah, I would just say be confident. I mean, like Chris said, there's proven kids that that do what very well in this league every year, D3. So I think if they just go in confident, obviously not too confident, but heavy medium, um, they'll be they'll definitely be probably probably in the good shape and they'll probably succeed, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, that's some good advice for any Division Three kids out there thinking about joining the FCBL. Gentlemen, this was great. Thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck with everything, and good luck in the start of the season. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. No problem. Thanks for coming out. I'll see you guys April 22nd. See you then. All right, see you then. Thank you. All right, guys, this has been Episode 5 of Season 4 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. we got new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everybody soon.